0: Hi everyone, you are tuning in to Learn FM. My name is Lian Tan and I invite you to join me on a learning adventure through this podcast where we discuss topics related to learning, growth, personal development and more. I hope that you are able to digest the information that we'll be sharing and start applying some simple tips and tricks into your daily life. And don't forget to share your learnings with others because when we learn together, we grow together. I highly recommend that you take time off-screen to listen to this or even go outside for a walk. Of course, please be mindful of your surroundings and stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by DSM. DSM is a global, purpose-led, science-based company active in nutrition, health and sustainable living. DSM's purpose is to create brighter lives for all. In this episode, we talk about how we can thrive instead of just surviving as human beings. If you've never heard about what thriving means, here's an extract from the HuffPost that beautifully captures the concept of thriving. If you were a plant, would you be growing, flourishing, and resilient in a drought or a flood? Or would you wither and barely get by when nature's circumstances stray away from the ideal? That is the difference between thriving and surviving. Of course, human beings are far more complex than plants. But it's true that two human beings in the same circumstances can have two very different ways of being in the world. A Harvard Business Review shows, Thriving employees are less susceptible to stress and burnout, and much healthier overall, When employees are thriving, they are not satisfied with the status quo and behave proactively to co-create their job environment in ways that enable more thriving. Instead of me sharing with you why thriving is so crucial, I will let our guest today tell you more. Our guest today is Gina London, CEO, Language of Leadership. She guides top companies and executives in the world to better connect and engage with their employees, their board, and themselves. Her Fortune 500 clients include Facebook, Salesforce, Oracle, and Google, to name a few. She provides interactive and motivational training, coaching, and keynote speeches on the power of communicating with purpose and impact. A published author and regular media analyst... Gina has appeared on the BBC, Fox, and CNN. Gina is also an Emmy Award-winning former CNN anchor and correspondent. Hi, Gina. We are so excited to have you here with us today to talk about why it's so important for us to thrive and not just survive. So how are you feeling today before we start?
1: Thanks, Leanne. I'm feeling great. These are choices. I think the number one thing to think about When we talk about thriving and not surviving, as you so well said at the very beginning of this, is that it's not just how we feel. It's how we choose to create our environment amidst all the things that we haven't been able to control during the last 15 months and ongoing and thinking about the things that matter thinking about the things that we can control. There's a lot of things that matter that we can't control. There's a lot of things we can control that don't matter. So I like to tell my clients as we kick off to focus on that intersection, that magic spot of what matters and what we can control. So a lot of way that we can begin to take more control and begin to thrive is to first decide that we're going to take that control. So yes, I am choosing to feel great. Thanks.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Gina. And because you said that choose when you can take control, I guess I'm going to play a little game with you before we get started. <laughs> so we have a little icebreaker in uh, our tradition. So we have some questions for you. Don't overthink it. You know, Just answer the first thing that pops into your mind. I have the really fun question I've been really excited to ask people recently. It's, would you rather be covered in fur or scales?
1: 100% fur. Oh. I think if I, I would much rather, I own a dog. I don't <laughs> own a fish. I would rather be cuddly and soft than I would be scaly, even though it would probably be great to be able to swim faster in the water. And I do like to swim and have been swimming practically every day since I'm based in Ireland through, through this COVID lockdown. But absolutely fur
0: next wow love this okay favorite vacation place
1: oh gosh well that's a great question i think italy for me i've i lived there for three years before i moved to ireland and i have friends who are like family there and the food the ambiance of course the chianti but especially just that warm atmosphere that i think that pervades all the people there as well
0: yeah i love italy myself too and favorite book all time
1: My all-time favorite book, oh, that is a fantastic question. What would I go back and read? Ah, you know what? There's a book called Magic in the Alley. When I was five, about five years old, it was read to me about a little girl growing up outside of London, and she had one wish, and she found this magical box in a curiosity shop, and the wish she made was to go into an alley, and every time she would go into an unexplored alley, that she'd find something enchanted. And to this day, when I travel... To different towns or different countries around the world. And I see a little alleyway or a small little untraveled road. I think, oh, I wonder if there'd be a mermaid or an elf or something in there. And that was just an enchanting book when I was a little girl. And I've read it now to my daughter as she was growing up. So Magic in the Alley.
0: Oh, I love it. I'm going to read that book as well. I love magic. And do you have a favorite ice cream flavor?
1: Yes, my favorite ice cream flavor, without a doubt, as vanilla as it can possibly be. Just the, sometimes the little specks of beans. And here's what makes it really magic. If you go in October with the first pick of olives in Italy, they have what's called the olio nuovo, and it's that first press of the olives. So beautiful vanilla ice cream, believe it or not, try it with a little bit of the olio nuovo on top and sea salt.
0: It's amazing. Wow. I guess we all have to go to Italy now to try that ice cream flavor. (laughs) Really nice. Thank you so much for sharing, Gina. Can you tell us a little bit about thriving in modern day terms? What does it mean to thrive?
1: That's a great question. First of all, because I now work in my consultancy with executives all over the world and emerging leaders as well, not just top executives, People, especially during lockdown, back to the ideas we were talking about, what you can control, what you can't control, the feeling of powerlessness, the feeling that people who were hired during this lockdown, during this pandemic, many of them working from home virtually, not ever even meeting their manager or their teams or their colleagues in person, there's a real sense of isolation, So the number one thing I think for us to thrive is to know that we don't have to do it alone. And in fact, we shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Human beings are wired to connect and it's taken more energy to connect during these times because a lot of people, my clients over the past 14 months have said, we've gotten away from meetings just to chat or passing each other in the hallway or the canteen or the water cooler like we used to. And every meeting that we've had has been for a reason or a purpose or a, a project. And that's been too rigid for some people. And they felt that that small talk, some of that meaningless banter that keeps us going just to be able to to vent or to just offload or to gossip has gone and that's hurt people and helped and hindered their thriving. So more connections that are in purposeful, but not necessarily work have been helping the people that I've interacted with and as well as myself. And so that's been a lot of the challenge of thriving during this time is to make sure that you're staying connected with yourself by staying connected with others. I think that's probably the first position that I would share about thriving is first of all, making sure that you're connected in a way that is fulfilling you by interacting with others.
0: I love that you share that it's so important to stay connected with yourself. And how does that look like for you? For me, it's
1: routine. Structure is really important that I find for myself. And that is pushing through the emotion of I don't want to get up earlier than I normally do. I don't want to do a run. I don't want to take care of myself physically or take care of my my nutrition because I'm just sliding away. And then reminding yourself, this is going to feel better on the back end. One of the things I say to my clients, for example, is self-discipline is actually more important than self-gratification. And sometimes we think, oh, that's counterintuitive because I feel like fill in the blank, but I know I should do fill in the blank. The self-discipline part, even though it's harder, is going to have the outcome of making us feel more satisfied. And so having, again, a connection for me throughout my lockdown, because I have a lot of clients that I have to serve and people that are, are leaders, have teams they have to support, getting that support for me so I could support others was critical. So I had a neighbor in our, in my, in my neighborhood who was an, an athlete and really disciplined where I'm not always so disciplined in the workout and the gyms were all closed. And I said to her, can we go for a jog? we were on a WhatsApp group. Can we go for a socially distanced jog in the morning? And that turned out to be for the last, gosh, 12 months now, a real lifesaver because we're getting up an hour earlier than we would normally. We're going out even during the wintertime when it was before the sun was out, but it just sets your mind So self-discipline, I think, is one of the best ways to get that structure that we all need to feel like we are continuing to make some progress. It's not about perfection, it's about progression. And self-discipline is one of those most important things in that equation.
0: Your example reminds me of January this year when I was still doing my yoga teacher training, but I lost the momentum and discipline to practice yoga on a daily basis because of the pandemic. I got a buddy and we had like a 30-day handstand challenge. We met every morning at around 7 a.m., I had to wake up because I knew someone is going to be waiting for me. So I really love that you share this tip to just have a buddy to do it together with you. There is this peer pressure that you have to do it.
1: That's excellent. And it's a, these little physical challenges also strengthen our mind. Yeah. And that's a really important thing too, to remember that the physicality that we're disciplining ourselves around or the nutrition that we're disciplining ourselves around, it has that benefit of keeping, of course, we know the, the science, our mind and the oxygen that it creates from the physicality will help us think clearer. It'll help us be able to be more productive throughout our day. And so it's important for us as human beings. I often say, another thing I say to my clients is we've learned, especially through lockdown and work from home, that we don't have a personal life and a professional life. We just have a life. So we need to take care of it as best we can.
0: I'm very curious. Was there a turning point in your career or personal life or awakening moment that made you feel like we human beings are meant to thrive and not just survive?
1: That's an excellent question and it really does bring to heart. When I was a little kid growing up in Indiana, I wanted to be a journalist. It was a dream of mine. I never thought that I'd be a network correspondent and once I reached that dream, I never thought there'd be life afterwards because I hadn't dreamt any more than that. But to your point, Leanne, yeah, there became a time when it was apparent that working so many hours and for so long, and I loved what I did with CNN. I love being a part of breaking news and I love being on top of current events, but there's also a real churn and burn culture in a lot of media outlets. And sadly, I was told by management, don't complain because there's a line around the block of people who will do what you're doing for less. And at some point, after almost 10 years, I decided, you know what? It's time for that next person in line. I'd been given an opportunity to come aboard a a government affairs firm. I was gonna be paid more and actually given real holidays, not just paid for holidays that I never was allowed to take. And, And that's where you think, you know what? What's my
0: quality of life? Thank you so much. How do you think thriving relates to our mental health?
1: Well, if we're not thriving, then we're not feeling great. And if our mental health isn't great, then we're not thriving, right? I mean, they're interconnected, of course. Yes. And being able to be honest and being able to say no. For example, I did just this morning, I can share with you. I had a client who I am loving working with but they made some adjustments last minute to some dates for some programs that we were planning on working together. And initially I said yes. And then I felt as soon as I got off that virtual call, Leanne, I thought, you know, I don't feel great about that. And that decision of what I said initially yes to was gonna impact my planned holiday in August to see my family in the United States. I haven't seen them since 2019. And I have senior citizen parents who I adore. And I realized, you know what, I'm going to circle back with them and say, if we can do that, those sessions after I'm back, I'm looking forward to doing that. But if we can't, I'm afraid you're going to have to find someone else because I can't accommodate. And this is the key factor, I think, about thriving. Sometimes we might say yes to something and realize we've taken too much on. Mm -hmm. Is it a more difficult choice to write that email to say, you know what, I've taken too much on or have that? difficult conversation sometimes those are the things we have to face back to the idea of self discipline versus maybe following through on some things that we've overextended ourselves on so that's a very honest answer for I think how we thrive is to really reflect and then make decisions based on what we know is the best outcome for ourselves if we're happy we can be happier for other people
0: I love this. And are there some warning signs when people are approaching the survival mode and not no longer thriving?
1: Yeah, absolutely. When you are starting to feel that your cycle of physicality or eating or brain fog is becoming all-encompassing, that's a signal to step back. Start eliminating things in your life that are bringing you down and because if you can't be your best self then you can't be serving other people and that whole cycle is going to ripple out to other people that you impact right Mm -hmm. so the number one person we speak to in our lives is ourselves we largely live our lives in our brains take control of those thoughts find actions that can modify our behaviors to help
0: impact us mentally better Is there a skill we need in order to thrive?
1: I think humor is also a really important skill to have if you want to thrive. If you take everything so seriously and you're having a level of, these are the projections we have to make for this month, for my own personal life, for my own team life. And if we fall short or we, or we make a mistake, then everything's for naught. The same thing about dieting or nutrition or, or physicality. If you have an off day, that's okay. Give yourself a break. We all make mistakes. Just think about your life as, again, your progression and not
0: perfection. Why is it that some of us take things too seriously? Does that have anything to do with the fear of failure?
1: Well, I think, again, I think that's that conversation that we have for ourselves. I work with top execs who will tell me in a coaching session about their their imposter syndrome. And the more, again, that we can share and connect, the more we find out that we're not alone. The more that when I talk about storytelling with CEOs, I'll say often it's more impactful if you're going to share a story about a fail, a, about a disappointment, about something that didn't work out the way you'd like, because we really we want to hear that you didn't have this perfect straight arrow trajectory. We want to hear that there were some difficulties or you had to try twice to make the team or what have you. And so the fear of failure, I think, does limit us from taking chances or we cordon ourselves off in our brain with our self-limiting beliefs more than if we were just going to try. And again, that's why connections, get an accountability partner, tell someone your goal. Don't keep it inside so that if you decide not to do it, you're the only one that knows. Tell a few people and they can say, hey, how are you making progress on that? Or what can I do to help? And then we can do things, probably accelerate that curve because we've got help and support.
0: Thank you. And is failure a learning lesson to others out there?
1: Well, of course, I mean, Nelson Mandela, I think, is the one who gets the most credit. I don't win or fail, I win or learn, right? I think that's the paraphrase of of his quote. And the idea, of course, is that our learnings and one of several organizations will say, you know, we encourage our our teams to fail fast. So throw out those innovations, throw out those ideas and and get the fails out because we're going to learn from them. And then you can course correct or you can try something different. Or you can at least say, look, the whole idea of like, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. <laughs> you know, at least if it didn't make you stronger, you learn something anyway. And I think anytime, I mean, certainly when I joined CNN, I like as I mentioned, I didn't think I wasn't going to become the next Christian Amanpour and be there for 25 years. I thought that would be my, my situation. And then when I made a, a decision to no longer be there, Is that a failure? For some people it would be, because why didn't you become a star? Well, it it didn't work out that way, but you continue to go on and you become a composite again of other experiences and you impact people in different ways. I say to my clients, your story matters. And share your story. And you don't have to have climbed Kilimanjaro. You don't even have to have been a reporter over at CNN. All you have to have done is had a conversation with your child, with a neighbor, that meant something to you. And when you can share that story and then relate it back to why it might mean something to your audience, that's the power of shared experience. That's the power of stories. And again, what are we in life except for a compilation of shared connected stories to help us encourage and grow as human beings?
0: I love this. You're just literally quoting our tagline at TSM, which is learn together, grow together. Indeed, it's really. <laughs> I did do it on purpose, but there we go. There's I know. Real power in that, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And what is your recommendation for, you know, the rest of us out there that there's so much news coming to us all the time? How do we handle it?
1: That's what I get a lot because I do media analysis here in Ireland and in Europe as well. And in the world of, I think social media is a great thing. I love that we can connect through Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn and the things I've mentioned in a variety of ways. I also think there's a lot of, again, what matters? What can we control? There's a lot of disinformation out there. There's a lot of conspiracy going on. There's a lot of opinion going on. Not every opinion is an informed opinion, right? Or based in fact. I am a believer that there are not alternative facts. I believe there are different different perspectives, for sure. For me, because I was a professional journalist, I believe in professional journalism. I believe in journalism that goes through checks and edits and tries to be neutral. And this is the difficulty for people who are getting bombarded. What do they say? We have 70,000 pieces of information being bombarded at us per day. Who can disseminate through all that? Nobody. So we tend, to, we, we tend to pick and choose what we like, right? And that becomes that bubble, that echo chamber that we've talked about, especially during the time of scare and uncertainty that the pandemic has, has raised. So cross-check, find sources that you like and cross-check. Think about your source. Think about the motivation behind the source. Try to find a variety of sources. If you're really wanting to dig deep on something, don't take the first source as the as the answer. If your mom has forwarded it and it's been forwarded a thousand times, you might want to check that.
0: Thank you so much for sharing this. And what are some tips you share with your clients, you know, if they're so overwhelmed? What can they do to own their space again?
1: Well, again, connections, connections, connections. So have those trusted partners. I often say to my leaders, especially when you're supporting multiple members of a team, don't have your support be your spouse or your partner solely, because that's asking a lot of them if you're trying to get support around the company, get a create a, what I call a board of advisors, get your, a variety of people from different walks of life. From your company, from outside your company. Again, I have a thinking partner based in Algeria, who I met nine months ago now through LinkedIn, and he is the in HR another organization based in his con, his country. But we have a like-mindedness, and so there's a different connections for different people in different types of places. Don't feel like you're limited to your world of work or your world of neighbors, or your world of family. There are people all, I mean, you and I are having a great conversation right now, for example. There are people out there, gosh, seven point whatever it is, billion people on the planet. There are people to connect with who can encourage you. So don't try to go it alone. Even, especially during this time of isolation, many of us have felt that our circles have become smaller and smaller. I think it's time to start to take some action again, to expand those circles to better connect.
0: Do you have tips for us on how we can truly embrace failure? People often go inward
1: when they're feeling like they're a failure. And when you go inward, you don't have any external other um, experience or other situation where you can say, wait, I'm not alone. And that often is what will cause people to collapse. So if you feel like you failed, guaranteed you're not the only one to have failed in whatever the situation it First of all, is it really a fail? What, is that, what does that word even mean? <laughs> it just means no for now, or it just means there's a blip. It doesn't, it's not the end. If you, When is your mission in life over? If you're alive, it's not over. You can still impact. You can still make another little move of progression. Ask for help. I bet you there's a resource out there. I mean, gosh, years ago when the housing market collapsed, I had, I had, had just had my daughter. She was three months old. I was working for one of the largest government affairs firms in the U.S. I was fired. I went from six figures to zero. I wasn't given a package, I wasn't given anything. I had to put my house on the market, I had to sell it at a short sale, guess what? They forgave the loan. You call, you don't go inward, you call and go, hey, here's the situation, can't pay the mortgage anymore. And guess what? What has that been? 12 years later, I'm fine. I started a company, I moved to another country, I've done other. I mean, I'm not running away from anything, just so you know, I could go back to the US, no problem. But the point is, I'm sharing these real stories because it happens. I mean, you read these millionaires who've declared declared bankruptcy and then gone to the... you, You keep going. There are resources out there for you. That is the number one thing I can share with anybody who feels like a failure. You're not alone. You're not the only one. Take comfort from that.
0: Thank you, Gina. And I really love that you're sharing your own story with us. We're coming to the end of this interview, but before we go, do you have any last few tips for our listeners? Yeah, I
1: do. Remember that your behavior will clear out the room of whatever your words are. You know, people say, I can't hear you through your behavior. And that goes for yourself too. So sometimes if you have a negative thought that is filtering in or you feel like you can't go on, I'm a big believer in a physical disruption. Go take a walk around the block. Go do jumping jacks in your room. Do something to physically disrupt that negative thought. Call someone, but take action. Because if we speak too much into ourselves, it can limit us from the preparation we want to do for a presentation, for an interview, for connecting with a teammate. Oh, I'll put that off until tomorrow. Go disrupt something. Do something physical to say, you know what? I'm taking charge again. Get back in the driver's seat. Don't get, don't beat yourself up if you forgot and you've been in the passenger seat. Who's driving? Nobody's driving. Oh no, let me get back in the passenger seat. What's that going to look like? And if you had a bad day, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up. Call someone and say, you know what? Will you call me at 6.30 tomorrow morning and and make sure that I get out of bed? Find an accountability partner. Don't go it alone. Disrupt your thoughts or reinforce them if they're good. (laughs) But be aware. Keep mind checking. Mind checking. The reality is not always what you're thinking, but it can define who you become. But it's a lifetime mission. That's the thing. You're not. You're not one and done.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Gina, for sharing all these words of wisdom. I really enjoyed listening to all your tips and all the information that you've shared today.
1: Thank you. It really is true when we talk about this whole caring is sharing. It sounds like such a little cliche. But your story matters. Share your story. If it impacts
0: even one person, it's worthwhile. And that includes you. Here's a quick summary from what Gina has shared with us in terms of what you need to do to keep thriving. Taking care of yourself is so important. And focus on what you can control. And also, if you want to reach a goal, get someone to be your accountability buddy. Before we end this episode, I just want to share this quote from Maya Angelou. Surviving is important. Thriving is elegant. Which state would you rather be in? Well, I am pretty sure most of us would rather be in a state of thriving. So here are three extra tips for you to help make thriving easier. Number one, taking time to take care of yourself. It doesn't have to be a huge transition. We can start with small steps like sleeping for extra 30 minutes a day if you're lacking sleep. Look at how you could improve your sleep, not just for tonight but also in the long run. Research has shown that to improve your sleep quality, making your room darker, quieter and cooler does help. Number two, becoming more present in your daily life. So often in our lives, we go on autopilot. The next time you catch yourself going on autopilot, pause and just take three long deep breaths. Remember, are you just focusing on what the future brings or what the next moment has to offer? Or do you pause and try to appreciate what the present moment offers? Number three, continuous learning and growth. When you're growing, you are thriving. So pause to reflect on your experiences every now and then. Continuous learning and growing help you to develop and change as an individual, which is so important as you go through different stages in your life. When was the last time you tried something new? Life has so much to offer. Don't stop exploring the endless opportunities for expansion available to you. I will leave you with a thought-provoking statement from the HuffPost article I quoted earlier in the introduction. To thrive is a choice. It is an attitude and your ability to thrive in the world is deeply connected to the actions you take on a daily basis and the belief structures you embrace. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Learn FM. Don't forget to share what you have learned from this podcast with others because when we learn together, we grow together.